passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, We are back. As if you doubted us, welcome back here on a Tuesday, ready to get going here with a great deal of information and some fantastic guests that we haven't seen in a couple of days. Looks like Kane Womack is the new DC. Who is he? He was here about two weeks ago on our show. He's the South, he was the South Alabama football coach. Did a great job in Mobile, and now he's headed to Tuscaloosa to be reunited, and it feels so good with. Kalen DeBoer. They work together in Indiana. Hugh Freeze called continuity invaluable, but Auburn has only faced change. We'll talk to the author of that. What's going on on the Plains? Headlines are not good. Kirby Smart beats Kalen DeBoer's new Alabama on pivotal hire. That is Tavarius Robinson. It looked like he was uh, going to go back and now he's staying where he already just left for it. Are you confused? I am too. But Kirby Smart has a new man in Athens. And we say hello to you on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, how long has it been since uh, we had a chance to talk to Mike Griffith? Uh, well, it doesn't matter how long because we say hello to him right now. Griff, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Thank you. Let's start with uh, Tavarius Robinson. That seemed yeah. uh, like a done deal Saturday, and then Alabama people started chirping about, well, maybe he was uh, not going to leave after all. Uh, can you give us the details? Yeah, I'll tell you, T-Rob, this is this is a huge hire uh, for George. I mean, this is a guy, you look at the two Alabama corners that are projected in the first round. I mean, this is the guy that's developed talent for a long time, protege of Will Muschamp. Uh, we saw T-Rob coach at Florida under Will and at South Carolina. I mean, the last time Georgia lost a home game, ready for this, 2019, okay, T-Rob was the D coordinator under Will Muschamp. This is a guy that Georgia and Kirby Smart have had interest in before. Uh, Paul, you you probably remember he was an all-SEC safety uh, for the Auburn Tigers, played a couple of years in the league, a lot of credibility with these recruits. This was a big battle uh, for Georgia. They hired him, and then Alabama, I think, realized maybe Nick Saban picked up the phone and said, can I trust you to do anything? This guy's already left. Try to get him back here, DeBoer. And and so they bring him back, and they try to – too late, right? He, he's going to coach at Georgia and be a co-defense coordinator. I mean, this is a future head coach, and he probably has to make a decision. What's a better launch point? Uh, what program is going to produce more head coaches when we look at Coach DeBoer's new staff versus Kirby Smart now going into his ninth year with Glenn Schumann positioned well, and now T-Rob, uh, Traveris Robertson, to help uh, Georgia out as they recruit, develop talent, reload that secondary and oh, by the way, Paul, one of your old friends, uh, my friend too, uh, Danny Sheridan, I was talking to Danny about that Georgia-Alabama game. He said, hey, Mike, Georgia would be a favorite, three-point favorite right now. As things stand, both these schools are going to have a We're talking about the game next year, uh, next September, I should say. Yeah, next September if they were to play. But yeah, the game within the game was already played out, and it was head-to-head. -head. It was Georgia against Alabama. Who's going to get T-Rob? Who's going to get this fantastic 42-year-old coaching phenom? Kirby won, Kalen DeBoer nothing. Mm, that's a big deal. And uh, it's also a, a battle for many other things as well. Uh, let, me, uh, let, me, let me get some more information from you just on 
on the critical moment for Alabama. Uh, I want to get to that even before we get to your, your thoughts on the hire, because there, there's still some rather key players in the portal, not in the portal, but maybe going into the portal that I'm sure Georgia and everybody else would like. Oh, I thought you the critical. I thought you meant when Dan Lanning said no. That was the, <laughs> to me. That was the critical moment for Al because that was the guy, right? And I think everybody knows that. And, and Coach DeBoer, you know, he he's as you said, he's got this South Alabama coach that he worked with uh, at Indiana. The staff, um, as far as players in the portal, you know, the Tide's already lost Isaiah Bond to Texas. That's a that's a big loss. This was a key receiver. It came up with the the Miro, the Milrow miracle catch, the thirty one yard catch, and and certainly a. Uh, fourth down catch against Georgia dog fans still contesting they, they need to let it go uh, but then he also had three or four catches on what proved to be the game-winning drive I mean this was a go-to guy and and so you wonder what's going to happen with this Alabama offense I mean coach DeBoer had Michael Penix the last two years I mean that's a very small sample size Penix uh, Heisman Trophy runner-up I, I don't really know what he does without a Heisman Trophy capable quarterback? Can Milrow run the same plays that Michael Penix ran? And what does the personnel look like? Can they handle the shifts and the motions? And remember, this isn't what they signed up for. Uh, can he win these players over fast enough? I mean, this is a really challenging time to be changing coaches at any school, much less at Alabama, where you're trying to find someone to fill the shoes of, of the, the greatest coach of, of our generation, especially since he's still in them. I mean, he's sitting there in the middle of the press conference glaring up at the guy. Uh, he's got an office overlooking the field. I mean, what do you do? I mean, the shades of Terry Bowden and Pat Dye, Paul. Let me let me let me ask you about that. Talking to Mike Griffith here, Mike, uh, I read your column the other day about Nick Saban and Terry Saban. Most of the people that we have talked to are happy that Nick Saban showed up. Uh, Terry showed up to support the new coach. I didn't quite read that in your column, though. Well, you know, this, listen, there's no perfect answer for this. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't have a better answer for you. If Nick Saban shows up, he overshadows and he upstages. And if he doesn't show up, there's questions and there's speculation. Uh, this is why nobody wants to follow the guy. Everybody wants to follow the guy that follows the guy. This is why there wasn't great interest, even though Alabama has built a powerhouse program, because everybody knows that regardless of what this next guy does, short of winning a national title in the next three years, it's not going to be enough. Never mind that Nick Saban hasn't won one in four years, right? 2020, uh, COVID shortened season. He hasn't won one. He hasn't won a full season national title since what? If he, with 2020, we keep going, what in 2019, uh, what in 2018, or 2017, right? So, but the next guy is going to have expectations to win right away. If and I can stop you for really a second, for uh, hold on. Uh, are you suggesting that Nick Saban's last national championship in 2020 has an asterisk or some question about it because it was a shortened season? I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Did you think that that season was like any other season? I mean, if anything, I actually remember advocating he should have been coach of the year because I thought the circumstances were yeah, more no, trying. I know, but you seem to like, like, it, like it doesn't count. Uh, because oh, no, it, it counts. It's okay. just you had but, – but that year was different because every school had a different COVID policy. Right. Right. Different schools had different COVID, even within the SEC. 
So what was a, a time for a player to sit out at Alabama wasn't the same time for a player to sit out at Tennessee wasn't the same time. I, I'm not suggesting anything other than it wasn't a, a typical season. Okay, so you let me can, move on from that. But but you you do seem to be suggesting that, that Saban's presence there uh, – Maybe it wasn't a, the way it, it's always been, or I don't know, because I, I have not seen that before. I was at Ray Perkins press yeah. conference in 1982. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bryant was not there, even though he was still the athletic director. Uh, you know, Bowden and Die was a mess. You know that. Uh, Pat Dye yeah. wouldn't go away. Well, I think it's exciting, you know, for Coach DeBoer. I mean, just think, here's a guy that was coaching at, uh, I think it's called the University of Sioux Falls. I, I was doing some research on it. I was looking for some of his great wins, and uh, I, I, they beat Minot State um, pretty, pretty handily while he was there. And Southwest Minnesota was a, always a good game. Um, you know, and before he went on to Fresno State at – uh, three and three in a COVID year. I, I just the, the thing that, that that strikes me is is a very small sample size, Paul. And when when Fresno State, which played at Alabama, I don't even think anybody knew that until the coach said, "Oh yeah, I was here before." Oh, were you? Because nobody knew who you were. Nobody was going. You know that guy at Fresno State he might be here one day. Well, give him two years with Michael Penix, and what do you know? He's a pretty great coach um, and a few NFL receivers. So I think he can do a lot of razzmatazz and all. But it comes down to execution. Here, here's the thing, Paul. I don't really have a problem with this hire. This is a placeholder hire. This is it's going to be the guy after the next. It's a very well qualified yeah, yeah, guy. Listen, I I don't want to jump on your party here, but you just called Kalen DeBoer the national coach of the year in college football a yeah, placeholder did a great hire. Job. Well, in my opinion, I don't think this is you know I don't think this is going to be the guy. You know, I need to see more. I would have liked to have seen a more diverse coaching search from Alabama. Um, I would have liked to have seen more candidates. I would have liked to have seen uh, or thought that, that you know, Greg Byrne would have sat across from Dabo Sweeney. This guy, you know, Dabo's won two national titles and beat Nick Saban and built a pretty good program at Clemson and, and is from Alabama. I mean, does he not get a call? Not even a call, not even a sniff to a guy who's won two titles in his mid-50s, plenty of years left ahead of him. Uh, Mike Loxley, here's a guy that orchestrated one of the greatest offenses I've ever seen with two in 2018. They beat everybody yeah, by 21 I, points or more. Mike, up there. Mike Loxley's biggest win in Maryland is over, uh, over a 6-7 and seven Auburn team. Well, maybe he should go coach at Sioux Falls, and that would really impress people. Well, but, 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 I'm just but saying Griff, this is a guy well know, who's a uh, Sioux coach. Falls wasn't playing for the national championship eight days ago. The University of Washington was. They did a great job. He, he did a wonderful job there in those two years. And Brian Harson did a great job at Boise State for seven years with a program that he developed. And when Auburn made that hire with Brian Harson and brought in Mike Bobo to be the offensive coordinator and Derek Mason, I said, you know, maybe they're on to something. They're going outside the box here. Let's see how this works out. It was kind of an experiment, right? And it didn't work out. And Alabama sat there, and Alabama fans were, why in the world would Auburn think you could bring some guy in who doesn't know anything about the SEC and have success in this league? Well, I don't know, but Greg Byrne thinks the same thing, and it's going to be fun to see what happens. But, but here's the thing you got to understand, Paul. Anything short of a, a evil twin of Nick Saban somewhere was going to be a fall off. Wasn't going to be viewed as an adequate hire, and it's going to be harder than ever for SEC teams to win championships because you saw the toll that the schedule took on Georgia, right? Remember when Georgia played your your you know coach of the year 
Eli Drinkowitz, uh, then the top 25. Then they played Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and, you know, everybody's media darling, and they knock him off, score 50 on him. Then they play on the road against the top 25 Tennessee. Then they got to play the Yellow Jackets at their nest. They're angry. They spend the whole year dreaming about them. And, and they're worn down, and they're tired, and they go play Bam. They lose by a field goal. And, and what happened, right? Uh, it, it's tough. To, and then you're going to go into this playoff if you're an SEC after the schedule? No way you go to nine games. No way can you do it, right? So for anybody at Alabama, this was going to be really hard. I'll tell you the coaching job you want. The job you want is at Florida State because you can lose by 60 points and you can be sanctioned by the NCAA and still get a $3 million raise like Mike Norvell. I, that's the job I want where I lose 63-3 to three and have NCAA sanctions and my top players opt out and I get a $3 million raise. I, I like that Florida State job myself. <laughs> you know, Griff, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, you're, you're in Athens. I'm not. And uh, Kirby Smart blew a chance for a 3 P because he can't beat Nick Saban. It just, it just sounds yeah. like sour grapes coming from you. And I mean, I'm just an – it's your, it's, your, it's your interview. I'm, I'm just a – uh, no, I, look, player look, here, but, Alabama but, but played I, great. I, I mean, Georgia really should have had, should have been holding up the trophy a week ago, but but Kirby couldn't beat Saban. Couldn't beat Saban. You know, that's what five and, and you're one blaming now, it on the makes... schedule that that everybody laughed at all year long. Alabama yeah. played a couple of pretty tough teams too, as you may remember. Yeah, and, and they lost by 10 at home to Texas, who I think is the team to beat next year in the league, by the way, okay. if not Georgia. Georgia has to play at Texas, just like they have to play at Tuscaloosa. Um, it's a very difficult schedule for Georgia. But to your point, listen, Nick Saban was everybody's roadblock, Paul. I mean, this was the greatest coach of the generation. I was That's why I was so surprised to see Jim Harbaugh steamroll him and beat him in his own game. And the irony was just not lost on me as a guy who went to Michigan State and, and saw Nick Saban exit stage left because he realized he was never going to have the resources that Michigan had to compete with them. Now, he beat Michigan while he was there. He never won a bowl game at Michigan State, but he did beat Michigan. He beat Ohio State, thrusted Tennessee into the number one spot in 1998. He won some games, but Nick realized he was never going to be on an equal, equal playing field with the University of Michigan. So he hightailed it out of there, came to the SEC and made history. Because you put him on the level field at LSU – and he wins a title there. Then he goes to Bama where it's not a level field. They're all in. It's, to me, one of the greatest coaching jobs anywhere is to coach football at Alabama. And he dominated. But it's ironic that he would get driven out by Michigan. Of all schools, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan in a power football game. The irony was, was just uh, uncanny to me. Great to have you back, Griff. Mike Griffith joining us from Athens, Georgia. He covers the University of Georgia. And we will take a short break here your phone calls around the corner this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. HIMSS provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, 
brand name treatments like Viagra or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Trying to pick up the shrapnel and the, and the broken bottles after the, the visit with Griff. Let's uh, check in with Jim first in Tuscaloosa. Hello, well, Jim. Well, you, you better get ready to pick, pick up this uh, scrapnel or whatever you call it, Paul, because I'm as mad as I've ever madder than I, than I was at that dumbass Gary Danielson 15, 10 years ago, whenever it was. Listen to me, uh, you, you idiotic Mike, uh, what's his, Mike Griffith, you're a dumb, blithering idiot. What business were you in? What dirty business were you in before you got in Alabama's none of your business? Who in the hell are you to say it? You, you, you lied your ass off about uh, Nick Saban being overshadowed, overshadowing Kevin, Kevin uh, DeBoer's the other, other day, Saturday at that press press conference. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And Saban and DeBoer loved it. It was great. And who the hell are you to come here and try to throw dirt on uh, Alabama? You're a jealous moron. You're, I'll never like you, you bug-eyed moron. You're a bug-eyed freaking idiot. I mean, you're a dumb scumbag. You ought not be. Paul, I hope you never get that guy back back on the air. I can't stand that guy. He's always been biased, but he's never been as rotten and as low down as he was a while ago. He's low as hell. I've never seen a lower scumbag, a Georgia, uh, what do you call I mean, he's just a, lower, a Georgia water bar. Just a water boy for Georgia. That's all he is. And just a freaking ugly looking bug eyed mother, you know what? That's what he is. I can't, I've never seen anybody that, they just burns my ass off. Jim, I, I don't think I've ever heard you this upset. You damn right I'm upset. That guy, he's out of line. He's, he's, he's just a, he's, he's minding somebody's business, trying to throw dirt on Alabama. What he thinks is Alabama's great. And who the hell wants, who the hell in Alabama wants uh, Dabo Sweeney? They don't want anybody, nobody wants to impart to him. They didn't give him a call because they don't like him. Well, nobody likes him over here. And nobody likes him probably at Clemson. He's a loser and he's a bad ass liar. He's a liar. He, he, he just, he's a dirtbag in my opinion. Well, hold, hold, hold on a second. What did Dabo Sweeney do? Well, I told you about the guy 15 years ago, Pa. I saw the guy. I knew the guy when he was here. He's just a, he's a creep. But he, he and what has he done to Alabama? He, he's running his mouth. I, he's, nobody likes Dabo Sweeney over here, Paul. You just see the students uh, uh, out there just saying, never Dabo, never Dabo. That's the way Alabama feels about him. I'm, just, I'm telling you, Paul, I, I, I can't even talk. I'm so mad. But it, it's that scumbag you had on a while ago. He's a scummy. I've always thought he was scummy when he talked all year long, you know, and you get him on your, he's not funny, Paul. He's a bug-eyed moron. That's what he is. That's, I mean, I'm, and I know what I'm talking about. There's not a doubt in my mind. Well, 
I thought, I thought Gary Downs was the sorriest guy that Alabama ever had to deal with. This guy is a creep. Just a freaking fat-ass creep. Griffith. What, what, I, I, I can't even, I just can't even his think straight. His, his so name is Mike Griffith. Well, I know, okay. I, I, don't, I wish you didn't. You don't need that guy on the air, Paul. Really, you don't. Well, we haven't had him on in a long time, so we thought we would check in with him because of this uh, T-Rob situation. Well, even you, I heard you, you did a good job when you said, you know, I can't remember how you said it, but you said, what are you trying to do, uh, Griffith? What? I wish I could remember your comment. But you, anyway, you handled it pretty well, but I, I'm glad you left room for me to take care of that guy. Well, that no, guy well, is I, a, I knew you were. I knew you would come in and save the day. You know, Jim, I just don't have – I'm not as good as I used to be, so I, there's no way I could No, that's not the point, Paul, but you, you, that's not the point. I mean, I know you're trying to be friendly with these guys because you, obviously you want that guy on the air for some – for, to me, for some stupid reason, but he's not worth he's not worth listening to, Paul. He's a he's a low life. That guy is a Georgia low life. That's what he is. And he tried to start trouble. That's all he's doing. Trying to make trouble for the new coach. That's what burns me up. Trying to say that he, that Nick Set Saban overshadowed DeBoer. He didn't overshadow. He was there for concern. He was there because he wanted to do to help the situation. And it was good for Saban to be. It looked good to me for Saban to be there. It was good looking. Well, I, I think he also, to, you know, to unpack what he said, he tried to insinuate that uh, he was way down the list in terms of choices. I know. I mean, all that snide crap, sarcastic bull crap. That's all the guy has, Paul. That's all he's ever had. He's a low life dirtbag, trying to mind Alabama's business because Alabama beat their ass. And they'd beat it again. I don't care what Danny says. Three points. Alabama beat them again because Alabama's got more want to. That's what they got. Like I've got it. I've always had it. Just burns me up. I just can't stop being mad about that. That guy, I wish I'd run him out of the country. I thought, sorry. Well, you. I don't know if I really Griffith. have the, uh, the authority to run Griff out of the country, but. Well, I mean, you know, I'm making a figure of speech, but I mean it. I really, I, mean, I wish I'd never have to see him I again. I mean, he is a, by the way, he's a, uh, he's a decorated, what was he's he? A a, dumbass, he's a dumbass, Paul. He's a bug-eyed dumbass. I promise you that's all he is. Yeah, I mean, he was just part a, of one of the most respected uh, groups in the, uh, in the service. <laughs> he's respected? Are you kidding me, Paul? He's respected. He's not respected. He's tolerated because he, I guess, because he's so obscene. Well, I mean, listen, but Jim, the 82nd Airborne, I mean, that's one, isn't that one of the proudest units of the Army? I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about his history. Nothing impresses I mean, me about this guy. the 82nd is, uh, it's as good Why as it gets. Why do you bring that up, Paul? I'm not well, talking I mean, about I, his I history. Just, I just, I mean, you act like this guy should be run out of the country, but... I, I do well, remember I, I, his I, I would hope I'd never had to see him again. I'd rather see him. But anyway, I, I, I don't know if I, I just, I can't even talk. I'm so mad about it. What he said, why, what he implied, what he tried to do to Alabama. It was, a, it was absolutely, a, what, what, what did I man call it? You obfuscate? Obfuscate. Yeah, you know where I man learned that word? That word came forth from, the, from Bernie Fife. Uh, talking to, he used to say that to Andy Griffith all the time on the show. I've seen thousands of replays where Bonnie Fife said that. Exactly the word, trying to act like he was a big shot. I'm just telling you, though, Paul, I, I, I've, all right, I've had enough. Okay. I've said enough, but I made my point, and there ain't no doubt about that. I, I can't, I, I've never, I don't like to be this, this uh, you know, what do you call it? Un, un, I don't know, what, what do you call it? I, huh? What? Jim, you're, you're upset. I get it. Let's, why don't we just leave it there? We, we have three and a half more hours to go. 
<laughs> yeah, well, leave it to him, but leave him out, please. Leave that guy out, Paul. I mean, I don't watch the show to hear a creep like that. He's a creep. He's a creep, Paul. Guy creep. Thanks a lot. I'm, okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Jim got the better or the best of Griff there. We'll take a break. Uh, more to come right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Michael Bratton will join us top of the next hour. And Matt Cohn on what in the world is happening at Auburn. Seems to be a lot of changes in the aftermath of an embarrassing bowl loss and a losing season in Hugh Freeze's first year. Dwayne starts off the second half uh, hour. Uh, good afternoon, Dwayne. This is Mike Griffin. Hey, you let the man punk you on national TV, Mr. Paul. <laughs> what you say about that, huh? Mike Griffin, huh? You, you like Mike? Well, I, well, I can't say I'm Mike. Mike full of crap. Mike full of bull crap. You know that. I ain't no Alabama fan. And Mike full of crap. Mike said, <laughs> Mike. You ain't know what to tell that man, Mr. Paul. You let that no, man. He had me. He had that's me TV. bamboozled. <laughs> Even Randy couldn't help me out. Randy, I needed. Hey, I needed my cut hey. man over here. Where were you? Hey, Mike I was pummeling us. Alabama hey. people. Hey, I see you, yeah, I see you change your producer in there. Why you change your producer? You're doing like Alabama, huh? Getting rid of people, huh? I'm not getting you're rid of anybody. Uh, there, Randy's huh? always in here. <laughs> Oh, Alex hey, is here today. Well, we, we, we do have more than uh, yeah. more than one or two or three or four people that operate this show. Yeah, hey, put up that Alabama schedule. Let me tell you how many teams they're going to lose to. Put that schedule up. Okay, I'll put it up in put a minute. Put that schedule up. Put it up there. Let's, let's see who they're going to lose to. Who, well, who Dwayne, the okay, okay, Dwayne, uh, it, it'll take you a couple of seconds, but Western, Western Kentucky, South Florida at Wisconsin. Those are the first three games. When? So all three yeah. wins? All three wins. Okay. September 28th, Georgia at home. Loss. <laughs> at Vanderbilt. A loss. At Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. A win. South Carolina at home. A, a, a win. A win. A win. A win. A win. October 19th, at Tennessee. A loss. Missouri at home. A loss. At LSU. A loss. Mercer. A win. At Oklahoma. 
A loss. Auburn at home. A loss. How <laughs> <laughs> you doing? Your prognosticator is not be? going to uh, win you any awards. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, Sandy is in Austin. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Paul. It's good to talk to you again. Thank you very uh, much. I tried several times to get through last week, and so I hope maybe I have a couple of minutes to say some stuff that's on my mind. I know we have, everything was busy with all the news and everything, but thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I uh, thought I was going to cool off before the weekend ended, but it, not so much. Uh, I just had something I needed to address about I-Man, but I want to preface that with um, I am not an Alabama fan necessarily, and I definitely was not a Nick Saban fan. To a matter of fact, I, I'm ashamed to say that I called him Nick Satan, and that was very wrong of me because the more I learned about him, I learned what a what a fine and outstanding example of every area of life. So I've definitely changed that and not, I do have a lot of respect for him. Um, that being said, I was going to say, are we going to do a GoFundMe for Iman's therapy when he doesn't have a chance to talk, you know, about Nick Saban? I kind of think he will be the most lost person on the face of the earth. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and then, when he calls in, and this is kind of the vibe I get, it's like, you're the cool kid, and he's trying to impress the cool kid. And so he does these dumb voices, and he, you know, it talks down to people, and just, I think Dominic has more maturity at 12 than our friend Iman. And to call people names, I thought we would get over that, you know, after, like, middle school, and making fun of the man's stature for Nick Saban. And I just wanted to say that, you know, uh, you can be a very tall person and be a very small person at the same time. And Nick Saban is short on stature, perhaps, but he is a mountain of a man. And I have so much respect for him and his wife, Miss Terry, and, you know, just what they've given to the community and the lives that they've sold positive into and and how they've affected so many people in a a positive way. And basically, I've had that be in my bonnet about, I mean, I just wish he'd shut up, go on and worry about what's happening in Auburn. Well, thank you. uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Great to hear from you, Sandy. You be well. And Bash is up next. Hello, Bash. Bash, Brother Paul, how we doing today? Bash could not be better. And I, I cannot say the same for myself. Let me start my call with saying that last caller, Sandy, God bless her. She is an absolute angel. Let me start right there. And thank you, Paul, again for yesterday for letting me destroy I-Man. I've been waiting to do that since last weekend, just like Sandy. So that was a coincidence. Now, Paul, I wanted to – I know I'm going to sound like I'm jumping on the bandwagon here, just like Sandy did last call – but I agree with the, the trend that Dominic is slowly becoming the best caller on the show. And a couple of weeks ago, I had to follow that annoying Michigan fan caller from Iowa that tried to make you sing the fight song like at the end of his call, which was hilarious. And then you answered my call and said, let's get to a real caller. And again, Paul, I want to thank you for saying that. And I want to take that compliment and give it to somebody else. It's great to be the best caller like Dominic, but let me just say the realest caller on this show 
is Matt from San Antonio. That man is just authentic, and he is my new favorite word, which is a word I learned on this show, Paul, unabashed. He is just unabashed in everything he says. He doesn't feel any embarrassment, any judgment. He just lets it flow, and that is commendable. And at first, when he came on the show, I compared him, honestly, to a Texas A&M version of Jim from Tuscaloosa, just living in his own world, making false narratives, just making excuses here and there. And then after a while, you just let this man talk, and he's, he's a real caller. He's a real person who has real emotions. And you, Paul, you gave him the platform to tell that and to express himself. And I guarantee you, you're one of the first people in his life to give him the opportunity. And that also makes you the realest talk show host of all time, Paul. Thank you so much for that. Thank you very much, Basho. Appreciate the call. We are heading to the break. We have a lot more to do. Bratton, at the top of the hour, more of your phone calls continue. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. We welcome you back. And Cowboy is up next from Florida. Good afternoon, Cowboy. Excuse me, Paul. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you. Got a little bit I'm trying to clear a little bit of dry throat here. I think I'll be all right. You remember me, right? I sure do. Yeah, man, I've been at, yeah, I've been out of town and worked for. I remember getting in touch with you at a. But just earlier when Mike was on, did he not say something that he was in the uh, 82nd Airborne? Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike usually wears uh, his 82nd Airborne pin, uh, which is. Yeah. Well, I've got a little something I want to tell Jim. I served in 82nd as well. I've got 89 jumps under my belt, and I uh, had to get on discharge because I blew my knee out and wasn't going to be able to jump again. And I want to say to Jim, look, you talk college football, all the smashes you want to everybody else. But when you start getting in on 82nd and our U.S. military, watch your mouth, son. Roll damn tight. That sounds like a threat, and uh, I would not want to mix it up with an 82nd, would you? No. Well, I'm not trying to the threat. Just want to know. We well, I know you were just kidding. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Cowboy, thank you. Cowboy wanted to mix it up with me after I said yeah. that. <laughs> Linda is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. How are you today? We are doing fantastic. Well, yesterday we got a Bible study from Jim, and today he gets goes off the deep end. <laughs> but I agree with everything Jim said about About what, Linda? I'm sorry. I said I agree with everything that um, Jim said about Michael uh, Griffin or whatever his name. He's just a biased nut. I mean, I listened to him all last year on your show, and everything he says is just crazy. But, I mean, who wouldn't the goat overshadow? I don't think that was no big deal. I mean, anywhere that Saban goes, he's going to overshadow somebody. 
He is who he is. That always. What do you think you if you know, had uh, if you had Saban and uh, Pope Francis in the same room? That'd be a tough one, wouldn't it? Anyway, just, exactly. a, just a thought. <laughs> Ashton is in Biloxi. Uh, hello, Ashton. Oh, fine, oh, Mom. I'm uh, uh, Saban, fine, Mom. How are you doing? Saban, Pope Francis, and Taylor Swift. I'd say Saban over Shep. Uh, uh, Saban all the way. Yeah, Saban all the way. I agree. Uh, Taylor Swift should be too much uh, trying to take selfies. Mike Griffin. She, she, Mike uh, Griffin. I think he, I think uh, I would get distracted watching her uh, in her Travis Kelsey jersey. No, nah, I think you do like COVID. Hey, just give me give me three feet. Give me three feet, please. <laughs> Mike Griffin. Mike Griffin, my man. Um, he is really threatened by Alabama, isn't he? Yeah. He. I, I, and listen, every time he talks smack, what, what happens? Nick Saban shoves, shoves the smack right down his throat. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I have to ask you something. Wasn't Mike Griffin a, a beat writer for Auburn around you know, in the time that Tom uh, – yeah. was it? Uh, yeah, he was there. He worked for the Mobile paper, and then he went to uh, mm-hmm. Knoxville – and was Butch Jones's uh, valet, and now he's back. Well, wasn't he there around the time when Tom, uh, when uh, Bowden took yeah. over from yeah. Pat Dye? Yeah, he and was. And how he how, so so? How is he going to sit up there and say that it felt it? This kind of feels kind of uh, Bowden Dye-esque when Dye left Auburn in a mess. That Tommy, that not Tommy, uh, Terry inherited, and Pat Dye didn't leave on his own terms. He re- he resigned. He got fired, didn't he? Because of all those NCAA sanctions. Yeah, he got fired. That exactly. Is so how can he sit up here and say compare that to that? Uh, another thing I wish you would have asked them was, what is it about Georgia poaching Alabama for players as well as coaches? He didn't have a thing to say about that, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't really seem too upset by that. No, he's not going to say anything. He's absolutely not going to say anything. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm done with that guy. The guy, Dwayne, who called the LSU guy, you know, if I'm to sit up there and laugh, you know, you don't even have a quarterback. So you can sit up there and laugh at all you, about it all you want. You don't have a quarterback. That quarterback that you have, Nussmeyer, he had a chance to be the starter last year, this past season, and got beat out. So you really trust him after one game? Come on, man. And, oh, hey, Paul, breaking news. Breaking news. LSU just gave up another touchdown. (laughs) Great stuff. Juice is up next. Hello, Juice. Hi, Paul. Um, I just want to reiterate kind of what Jim was saying, because he left one thing out. Mike Griffin's a blooming idiot. On a side oh, note, no, uh, actually, Juice, he's he's not only a blooming idiot; he's a bug-eyed moron, <laughs> blooming idiot. <laughs> totally agree, man. Totally agree. But I'd like to ask all the Alabama fans a real quick question. I just love to hear them all chime in on it. What do the Alabama fans think about maybe um, renaming um, Bryant Denny to? Brian Saban, 
Stadium. You know, I brought that up one time, and I, I didn't realize uh, how uh, George, how revered George Denny was. I said, "Why don't you take this silly mm-hmm. guy Denny's name off?" And I, I was down there a couple of days later, and somebody about killed me and told me how Denny saved the university. Having said that, I'd still take Denny's name off and put Saban's on. I don't really care about George Denny. Do you? No, no sir, I don't. Brian Saban Stadium it is. And I don't want to hear the Nick Saban field, you know, because you never hear that. Uh, no. I mean, exactly. Georgia has Vince Dooley Field, Auburn Pat Dye Field, and that's not how people. You have to have your name on the stadium, not on the field. Denny, you're out. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.